You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode nine of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. And how about yourself? Well, I'm better than the last time you spoke to me. Excellent, excellent. For a variety of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I don't think I think I've managed to shake my man flu. It was touch and go. Good news. Towards the end of last week, I was convinced that I had the virus. You know, I think that's all part of man flu, isn't it? Really. A little bit In, at the moment, yeah. If you don't embrace the sort of full sort of <laughs> the desperation of it all, then it isn't really man flu, is it? It's just a cold. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes. The, the sad news is, of course, it kept me out of the grounds oh. on um, on Saturday. I would have, you know, I would have liked to have ventured out somewhere, although there weren't too many games going on in my immediate vicinity. But it did keep me at home, where I thought I did think that was the best place for me. I thought that was the responsible thing to do, well, and um, and clearly that, you know, that piece of public health advice has reaped dividends in other areas. Perhaps the result that we should talk about later in this week's podcast might not have happened if me and my camera had turned up at AEK Bocco. But anyway, we will come to that um, later. On this week's episode of the podcast, we hear from Tony Beecham, of course, an old friend of the podcast when he was at Cribs. Now he's at Ashton and Backwell United. So we look forward to catching up with Tony. And we hear from Trevor Rawlings, the new man in at Devizes, or I should say one of the new men in at Devizes, on what was quite a momentous um, weekend for the club. But we will come to that um, later. Before we come to that, we will kick off, Tom, in the FA Vars. It was the second mm. qualifying round. And actually, we had some action on Friday night, didn't we? Friday night football. It was a bit of a local derby. First division, Longwell Green Sports took on Cabri Heath. And uh, who were the winners here? Yeah, indeed. As you say, kick started on Friday. It was good to, good to see. And it was the, the visitors who, uh, yeah, who started their weekend with a... Uh, with a 2-0 victory. Uh, there was a goalless first half, so not much to, to split the sides there. But then uh, after the break, it was the, the Premier Division, uh, as you say, that, that went ahead. Uh, and it was goals from Ash Kendall and Dean Preddy uh, that helped them put their spot in the next round. Excellent stuff. Now, another match between one of our First Division sides and one of our Premier Division sides on Saturday, the 25th of September, in the FA Vars. And the Bishops of Lydiard, they mm. took on a side that's not a million miles away from them, geographically speaking, Wellington. And this was a very closely fought affair, Tom. Yeah, good good, good clash down in Somerset between these two sides. And, uh, yeah, it had to be decided on penalties. So, uh, yeah, it was was a tight affair. Um, Jack Brown-Porter had, uh, had put Wellington ahead. Uh, before a deflected header from Doug Camillo got Lydiard back on level terms, uh, and that was all inside the opening nine minutes. So uh, a fast start to this one. Glenn Wright then uh, volleyed Wellington back in front, uh, but the home side, yeah, it, it, they fought back well again, and it was Zat Ryder drawing them level uh, two minutes before the interval, uh, and that was how it stayed for, for the majority of the set, well, for the entirety of the second half. But there was a, a, an excellent opportunity for Wellington to to steal the victory, and that was Sam Towler uh, had a penalty, uh, but unfortunately his. His attempt went wide of the post, so the game did that. Did then go to spot kicks, and it was incredibly. It was Towler uh, who slotted home the, the winning penalty. So he made amends and uh, yeah, booked Wellington's spot in the next round at the expense of Lydiard, unfortunately. Um, now we move on to Bovey Tracy. They took on Premier Division Street, and <laughs> in a theme that will be we'll be returning to a couple of times on this week's podcast. It was goals, goals, goals. <laughs> it was, and uh, fortunately for us, it was. Street that eventually came out on top in this uh, this ten goal thriller. Um, 
they've uh, yeah a few tricky moments in the the opening 15 minutes falling behind a couple of times but they did yeah did manage to, to fight back and it was goals from Harry Foster and Jordan Loverbond that kept them on on level terms I think it was two all after about 20 odd minutes so uh, yeah another game with a uh, a rip-roaring start. Uh, Foster then scored again uh, to put put the Cobblers in front for the first time after 24 minutes. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the the, the home side uh, actually finished the first half on top. Uh, a couple more goals from them, so they led 4-3 at the break. And obviously, yeah, with, with the home advantage, you probably uh, expect them to, to push on a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was Street who had the, the much the better of the second half. Uh, Carl Strange equalising. Uh, soon after the interval, uh, and then it was further goals from Loverbond and then uh, Foster completing his hat trick. So a fantastic afternoon for for Street and uh, Harry Foster in particular, a hat trick for him uh, and a pretty memorable <laughs> away day, I would say, for for Street. And um, we've got a Western League, an all Western League encounter here between Brislington and Ashton and Backwell. Ashton and Backwell were the visitors. Um, I mean, the form book probably would suggest, Tom, that Brislington were favourites here, but Ashton have improved in recent weeks. This was a competitive game. Definitely was, and it took a couple of really good goals for, for, for Backwell to eventually progress. Uh, a 2-1 win for them away at Brislington. Uh, I know that the, the winning goal is definitely uh, on social media. Uh, I'm not sure if the, the first one was, but uh, from all accounts, both. Uh, smashing finishes. Uh, Sam Price, it was who scored the the winning goal, and that's definitely worth checking out if you can. Uh, I think that was on Ashton's official Twitter account. Uh, there was also a goal for them from Connor Hartley, uh, and uh, yeah, they managed to just edge past Brisington, uh, who did score through Nikhil Plummer. He's one of their uh, regular uh, regular goal scorers, isn't he? But uh, it was yeah, they fell a little bit short, but it was Ashton uh, who claimed the two-one win. Now Ashton and Backwell's um, fortunes have turned. Um, for the positive in the last week or so, they've certainly had a difficult start to life in our Premier Division, but um, uh, that win at Brislington in the Vars, um, obviously another positive step in the right direction for the Somerset Club. And uh, I thought that was a good opportunity to get in touch with their manager. Now, they've had a few this season, it'd be fair to say, but um, Tony Beecham has uh, recently stepped into the uh, the breach, or I suppose I should say the beach. Mm. Anyway, I contacted Tony. He's an old friend of the podcast from his days at Cribs, and uh, I thought this was a great opportunity to say congratulations on that um, on that win on Saturday. Yeah, it was a great result Saturday. Obviously, Breeze are a big, strong side. Um, we went there uh, with no fear, and to be quite honest, come away with a with a great two-one win. I mean, obviously, your side had a heavy defeat recently at the hands of Helston. I mean, were you pleased with the way that they bounced back? Yes, definitely. Helston are uh, a very strong side. Um, they'll be up there come in the season, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but no, our boys, they banked back really well Saturday, and I'll be honest, it was, only, it was 2-1 this final score, but I believe we could have won by 3 or 4. So um, it gives us good momentum going into Saturday's game now, so we're looking forward to getting back to it again Saturday. Well, if we keep our attention on the Vars for now, you've got Bemerton Heath in the next round. Now, I don't know how much you know about them, but I guess the most important thing for you is that you're at home. Yes, definitely. Obviously, we'll do our homework on them um, closer to the time. But no, yeah, we're, we're obviously at home and we're looking forward to that time now. Now, of course, the last time I spoke to you, you were manager of Cribs. And um, I, I believe you've had you've had a few roles um, in the game since um, since standing down as, as, as manager of, of Cribs. But I suppose the million-dollar question I've got to ask you in this interview is what tempted you back into management? Like I said, I, I've done a couple of other things, didn't work out, but I don't know, I, did, I missed it. I missed, uh, obviously, daily running of it, 
which you do anyway. And like I said, uh, to be to be back as number one now at Ashton and Backwell is a great opportunity for me to be a, be amongst it again. And, and like I said, I'm relishing it at the moment. So we'll look forward to the rest of the season, man. I mean, would it be fair to say that the Western League is a harder place to be than the one you competed in when you were at Cribs? Yes, I believe so. Um, like I said, there's a lot of Devon and Cornwall sides come in. They're very, very strong sides. And like I said, um, it is a very strong league. Now, Cribs have adjusted very well to life in the Hellenic League, it would be fair to say. Do you still keep an eye on the results of your old side? Yes, definitely. Cribs, Cribs has always been in my heart. And like I said, they got Rich Luffman in charge now. Great guy. He's done a fantastic job. And like I say, wish him all the best. And hopefully they can, they can win the league and get promoted. Because that's what they need is a great club, great setup, And I wish him all the best. Now, let's turn our attentions back to Ashton and Backwell United. I mean, it had been a tough start for them to this season. So, I guess the first question for you really is, you know, what we, what are your ambitions now with um, with Ashton and Backwell this season? Yeah, we've come in. Um, I've brought, obviously, James Williams in with me and a lad called Ryan Perrett. We've gone in as a three. Um, it's, it's a big job. We know that. Um, there's a core of eight or nine lads there now who are Ashton and Backwell through and through. We've, we've got to tweak it a little bit, bring a couple of players in, which we've done over the last week. Um, and realistically, I'm not going to get above me. Station is a very tough league, and we just want to avoid relegation and establish itself at this, at this level. Um, obviously, because they were in Division 1, and when they restructured, they put them up to the print. So, yeah, we just want to avoid relegation. We're pretty confident we can achieve that, and then see if we can push on next season. Because am I right in thinking you've literally only been with the side a week or so? Yes, that's correct. We had two sessions uh, last week going into the Vars game and like I said, we had a great result Saturday. So you've got a 100% record? <laughs> Something like that, yes. <laughs> Matt, well, that makes you the best manager in the league. Um, I mean, what are the challenges of coming into a side? I mean, I, we, we, we're only... We're still in September, so we can't get overly, you know, sort of carried away. But, you know, we are about a quarter of the way through the league when you look at the number of matches that have been played. So it's, it's a sort of a slightly weird scenario, really, for you. But, I mean, what are the challenges for you coming into a side at this stage of the season? I mean, they're at the wrong end of the table. I don't think there's any any hiding that. I mean, you know, it, does it make it harder for you to bring in players? Does it make it harder for you to perhaps change things around the setup? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, we've come in, they are struggling. Um, but I, to be quite honest, like I said, they, they, there's seven or eight core lads there. We just need to get the confidence back in them, the winning mentality. Uh, we've changed the style of play, which they bought into. Um, and like I said, it is hard to bring players in. It is at any level. But we, like I said, we've, we've got contacts between the three, three of us. And like I said, we're, we're slowly going to bring a few in. And uh, it strengthens us, strengthens the club. And hopefully things are going even better. Well, you've got a good opportunity to continue your good form at the weekend. You've got Bridport up. Now, frankly speaking, I'm sure that's a game that both of the sides will be targeting for a win. Yes, definitely. Obviously, Bridport are bottom. We're second from bottom. Uh, realistically, we, we've looked at the fixtures. Um, our next three are very, very important for us. Um, obviously, Bridport Saturday at home. Then we got um, Wellington away and then Street at home so realistically if we can carry momentum from Saturday just gone into those three games it, it will look the league table look a lot better I mean there's going to be quite a few sides in the division now that you won't have come across uh, in your previous sort of um, stint in, in the Western League 
we know that they're strong on paper, but th- does the does the prospect of coming up against them competitively is that one you know is that a prospect that you relish? Yes, definitely. Like I said, we're struggling at the moment, and like I said, we'll go into every game thinking we can get some out of it, and we've got nothing to lose. That's the way we look at it. That's the way we've told the boys. We go into every game. It's eleven v eleven. Go in, no fear. Play with heart, and we'll see where it takes us. And hopefully. Nine times out of ten, we'll come away with some up, hopefully. Now, I think the last time I spoke to you, it probably was before the pandemic hit. And, you know, there are always challenges in non-league football. Um, Historically, of course, we've had challenges with the weather, although um, when you were at Cribs, of course, that was one of the better pitches. So, you know, that wasn't a problem that you faced when, when you were at home. But, you know, since then we've had concerns about fixtures not being able to be played because of the virus. And, and this week um, we have the prospect of fuel shortages as well that are affecting other non-league clubs around the pyramid. I mean, forgetting the strength of the Western League, forgetting the challenge that you'll now face from sides in Cornwall, let alone Devon. I mean, this is, this is quite a bizarre time to be a manager in non-league football. Yeah, most definitely. Like I said, with the COVID and stuff, it was difficult. I can imagine, obviously, I was out of it at the time, but obviously with this fuel strike now, to be be quite honest with you, I think the players would want to play, I think, because they've missed so much of of the season and seasons have been writ off. I think players want to play. I find it quite strange, to be fair. And my thanks to Tony for his time. Now, we move on to the exotically named Eversley and California. The visitors were Oldland Abertonians, and um, our first division side did really well, Tom. They did. Uh, this was an early kick-up, I think. I think they, uh, they started at one, so uh, by the time I'd sort of checked in to see how, how the games were going on, on Saturday afternoon, I think Oldland were already through. So, uh, yeah, good afternoon for them. And it was goals from Cash Fiddle uh, from the spot, and then also a header from Andrew Nash, uh, giving them a, a 2-1 win. So, uh, yeah, Brilliant, well, uh, a brilliant away day uh, for Oldland Abertonians. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, in our roundup of this year's FA VAR second qualifying round, we head to Sidmouth, mm. where the visitors were the all conquering Welton Rovers. How did this one go, Tom? Uh, a little bit one sided. Um, Sidmouth scored twice, uh, Welton scored 10 goals. Um, quite a, well, a momentous picture, really. It's not every day that you see double figures. Maybe a couple of times this season we'll see it again. I don't know, but certainly for for Welton, they're obviously riding a wave at the moment, and that continued in in the in the cups. Uh, a ten-two win away from home. There's not much better than that, is there? Uh, Courtney Charles uh, breaking the deadlock after eight minutes, uh, and then scoring twice more in the next 15 minutes. So uh, uh, a 15-minute hat trick all in all from uh, from Charles. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much wrapped the game up, didn't it? After after 20 odd minutes or so. Uh, Will Gould added another one uh, on the half hour um, with uh, Joe Ellis then scoring uh, a further goal uh, in the second half, early in the second half. They didn't really stop scoring, did they? So I probably um, missed one there or so. But Jake Jake Bird and Carbox each scored twice as well. Uh, I think Charles added a fourth. Um, yeah, he did to his, his own tally. Tough to keep up even now looking at it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, 10 goals for Welton. And yeah, I mean... The sky's the limit for them, it seems, this season. They're full of confidence, um, yeah, uh, to go away to, to uh, yeah, not, not the shortest of trips, is it? The, quite a journey for them, but to, to score 10, yeah, all well, congratulations to, to Welton Rovers. Absolutely. I mean, it's always fantastic to see our school, uh, our teams uh, winning big in the FA Vars competition. Speaking as a supporter of a team that lost quite heavily at home 
um, by a not too dissimilar scoreline in the previous round. Um, obviously, it takes two to tango, so my um, my feelings do go out to Sidmouth, but um, Welton Rovers can only beat what was put in front of them, and they, they did so in an incredibly professional manner, which continues their incredible form, not just in the Vars, which we've spoken to their manager about, Tom Smith, but also in the league, where they've started very, very brightly indeed. So, um, you know, no signs of high standards dipping at West Clues, and we congratulate Welton Rovers uh, for that. Uh, now we'll move on. We do have a limited um, schedule in both the Premier Division and the First Division for Saturday, and we're going to move into our Premier Division coverage with, uh, with well, you know, it's it, it, these are two top sides um, competing, you know, uh, right at the top of the table. Their expectations would be that they would certainly be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Clevedon Town take on Tavistock. Who were the winners here, Tom? Yeah, and that was uh, it was Tavistock who came out on top. Uh, pretty good, pretty good result for them, wasn't it? Uh, Clevedon have shown signs of improvement, I would say, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but it was it was Tavistock who came out the victors. Uh, two one win for them. Uh, in the end, it was Tegan Rosenquist, one of my one of my favourite names that that crops up every now and then with a goal. Uh, he put them ahead after 32 minutes, uh, and then it was Liam Prin uh, towards the end of the first half, right of the second. Uh, for the Lambs after bursting through and, and firing home. Uh, Clevedon, yeah, they. they, they Attempted a comeback during the second half, and it was Ethan Felton. Uh, he uh, reduced the arrears, uh, but that was as close as they came. And uh, it's Tavistock who, who held out for the win. And that's now five consecutive away games that they've won in the league. So, uh, yeah, showing real signs of, a, of a, yeah, a promotion push, I would say. Absolutely. And our second feature game in the Premier Division is Millbrook. Of course, we had them on the, uh, the podcast recently. They're taking on Bridgewater United. And Bridgewater really could have done with a win here, Tom. They could have done. And, uh, yeah, well, I think they'll be pretty, ha- pretty happy with the point in the end. 3-0 um, down they were at one stage. So uh, to come back and, and grab a share of the spoils probably be, um, that may, well, potentially be the happier of the sides, I would say. Um, no goals after 30 minutes before Millbrook really did come to life uh, at the end of the opening opening half. Uh, Jack Wood putting them ahead uh, before then. Ricky Shepard uh, struck, struck twice, um, putting them 3-0 up. And, uh, yeah, that looked like it was probably... Probably their points uh, uh, wrapped up. Uh, but Bridgewater, they got a lifeline. Uh, about 50 minutes from time, they were awarded a penalty uh, with Dave Yulden sent to the sim bin uh, for the foul uh, that led to that, that award. Um, and it was Jack Taylor, does what he does best, put took that one home, made it 3-1. And, uh, yeah, going up against 10 men, uh, Bridgewater really did make that extra man count. Um, Archie Sturdy scoring 11 minutes from time to, to make it 3-2. Uh, and then another penalty uh, award with five minutes to go, and uh, that was all the uh, opportunity Bridgewater needed to 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 grab the to grab the three-all draw, and it was Taylor again. Uh, pretty quick fire fight back, wasn't it? I think three goals in ten minutes, and uh, yeah, they managed to managed to dent Millbrook's uh, winning efforts, unfortunately. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we'll move on to the first division and we'll kick off with new boys AEK Bocco taking on Devizes Town. 
And uh, as regular listeners to the podcast will know, there can only really be one winner here, Tom. Um, yeah, I think you've uh, yeah alluded to this result a little bit. Uh, and it was a, well, a first league victory of the season for Devizes. I think that was the 11th time of asking, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah, change of management's obviously, uh, yeah, paid off at the moment. Um, it was Jack Swan and Ben Tiley uh, helping them uh, claim a 2-1 win away at Bocco. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Devizes who are finally in the, um, in the winner's circle this season. Yes, well, on the occasion of a Devizes win, which is something that, that comes around about as regularly as unleaded petrol at a BP <laughs> garage, uh, I thought it was a perfect opportunity to get in touch with um, joint manager Trevor Rawlins. Um, Trevor, of course, um, started this season with Carn Town. So I started by asking him how his move to Devizes came about. Basically, there's a few sort of issues behind the scene, which obviously I go, you know, go through now. But um, I just wasn't, wasn't happy with a couple of things. Um, I think my course with Ben has sort of run its course. So I decided to to have my resignation in. Um, that was on the Monday, um, and I had a phone call on the Wednesday um, to say would I be interested in looking at Devizes' job. So um, I sort of met Sean and Neil, and it sort of went from there really. And um, I think it was confirmed the week after, well, last Monday. Basically, it was confirmed that we would do it um, with myself and Bakey and Leo. Because you, you mentioned, Ben, there, you, you obviously were part of a double act that um, was instrumental in getting Khan promoted from the first division of the Western League. Ironically enough, that actually put them into the Hellenic League. Um, but, um, I mean, you've got a new partnership now. What can you tell us about Alex Blake? Alex is a, is a great coach. Uh, when I was at Khan, I was happy with hosting myself and Ben, but I felt that training and, and the coaching side wasn't very good. Um, so... I've known Blake I used to manage him when I was manager at Castle Coombe in the Wilts League all those years ago and um, I knew what sort of character he was and I asked a few questions and they said he was a great coach so uh, he was at Bassett at the time um, he said he was happy there about two weeks later he phoned me back and said is, is your offer still there so um, yeah it was a no brainer and we got him in and yeah he's great his, his, his um, training is brilliant you know he knows what he's talking about and yeah it's quite important for me that uh, yeah, have we done it together? Now, I believe that you watched last week's game against Oldland Abertonians. D- did you see anything in that game that made you think you could get a win on Saturday? Um, to be honest, not really. Um, what I was impressed with against Oldland was, was the attitude of the players, um, the togetherness. Um, after, the bar, after the game in the bar afterwards, they all stayed and things like that. I just thought, well, there's something there. You know, something there. Um, I just felt we needed to bring a few additions in straight away. I think that the team um, has been struggling big style and I, I didn't realise how bad it was until we've obviously come in and we just need those players that have stopped playing before to come back. Now the old guard, um, we're all about youth, myself and Blakey, we're on the same page of how we want to play the game um, but we still need some of the old guard of the Voyager's boys that stopped playing to come back and that's what we're encouraging. So I'm assuming that you didn't know too much about AEK Bocco when you went into that game, simply because, of course, this is their first season in the uh, the Tool Station Western League. I mean, do you think that was a help in, in setting up the side? Did you just set up devices to play the way that you wanted them to play? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we brought these lads in um, from Chetham Academy. Um, we needed players in. It's hard to get players in, especially the position devices are in. It's not a, a great selling at the moment so um, yeah so we think he's got a good connection with Sharples so uh, 
Um, and we need to thank him for that because he was brilliant and we got a few lads in and bolstered our squad up. I think our average age must have been under 19 on, on Saturday. Um, I think we had probably four players over 18 in that squad. We don't seem to know too much about the Western League, if I'm honest, because obviously we haven't been in it. We've watched the Lennox games, we haven't really watched anything. Um, I've watched one game, Warminster against Welton, the other week. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting anew again, really, for the Western League. And, yeah, we definitely didn't know anything about Bocker. So, can we expect a few more fresh faces in over the coming weeks? Yes, yes, we will. We are, um, we've got a problem with a striker at the moment. Um, one got injured playing for the reserves two days before our first game, which wasn't helpful. Um, another lad is injured still. So, um, yeah, um, we played Jack Morris up there on Saturday, but he's not, you know, he's not a striker, but he did a great job for us. Um, we were a bit like Man City, yes, really. We had, um, we had four defenders and the rest were midfielders on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, we need to, yeah, we need to look at that area of the pitch, I think. You, you mean we've been playing with a false number nine, Trevor? Yes, yeah, it was, yes. <laughs> you're, like the, you're like the Pep Guardiola of the Western League. <laughs> it be, well, it worked this time, but... <laughs> yeah, it would be, ni- be nice to bring in one for 100 million quid, wouldn't it? Anyway, let's not go down that road, just yeah. in case the chairman's listening. Might, have, might spill his yeah. tea. Yeah, I'm to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, on the subject of the chairman, I mean, what are the priorities for you this season? What are your immediate objectives for the side? Well, get out of this position they're in. Um, I've never been in this position um, in this league, so you know I'm used to being up there challenging. So that's something for this season. We just need to get away from where we are. Um, it's not going to be a quick fix, you know. Uh, obviously, we've seen an improvement straight away with the, you know, the first win in a long time. So that's something, but that's only one game. Um, you know, it means nothing if we lose the next four. So um, it's just you know, one block that we put down. Uh, but yeah, definitely trying to get away from this area and then next season it'll be about, you know, strengthening and, and trying to do what we want to do. I mean, do you think coming in at this stage of the season, we're still in September, albeit at the end of September. I mean, th- to be fair, the club has actually played a lot of games, you know, already. But I mean, you've come in the right side of Christmas, I guess. Had you been, had you, you know, come in after Christmas, do you think that perhaps you would have been able to have the same impact? Would the, you know, would the damage have been done by then? Um, the way things were going, I, I would imagine it probably would have been done, yes. Um, you know, no winning 10 games. Luckily enough, you know, they weren't adrift. You know, I think Saturday's win, another win Saturday, I think we'd go off the bottom. So, it's you know, we haven't come into a position where we think, oh, we've got no chance of getting out of it. You know, we have got a very good chance of getting out of it. And the running games we've got coming up now, after the Bocca game, there's games in there which, you know, we'd be looking, hopefully, to pick up points in. So, um we've got the top six sides in the next six games um, so yeah there's a chance for us to um, yeah take up points hopefully You've got Portishead at the weekend they're one of the, they're a side that's blown a bit hot and cold um, this season I'm, I'm assuming you're hoping that they'll be blowing cold on Saturday but more importantly than that it's your first home game of the season and you know after the win away at Bocco um, I guess you'll be hoping that there'll be a really large crowd from Devizes to sort of to cheer this new era on yeah hopefully yeah I mean you know to get that win everyone's seen that win so hopefully that will pick up some interest um, and yeah get them in the club you know it's, it's a young side so there will be sort of parents and stuff that will be coming along as well now Um but yeah, we need that Devizes connection. Like we said, we've still got Devizes players in there. We want to keep that connection. 
um, of the wisest players for the time, you know, to make sure that there is that connection between the football club and the time. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they will turn up and uh, support the lab Saturday. And have you had a chance to get down to Nursestead Road yet? Obviously, you've not been in post for a very long time, but um, although fortunes on the pitch have been difficult this year, fortunes off the pitch have been quite spectacular. The club's looking really, really spick and span at the moment. Yeah, well, we, like I said, we, we, we came in last Monday, but straight away we got two training sessions on Tuesday and Thursday uh, last week to try and get the players in and have a look at them and obviously introduce ourselves and stuff. And I was really impressed. It's the first time I've been in the... Home change of ever, I think. I've been in the away one quite a few times. Um, but yeah, walking in, seeing the stand, obviously, you know, it's an outside, the El Fresco outside the, uh, the tea hut. Um, yeah, then walking into the changing stuff, I was really, really impressed. Well, we all were. You know, we were like, this is probably the best thing we're going to come in all season. And my thanks to Trevor for his time. Uh, and our final feature match on this week's podcast is a game between Warminster Town, who've been in very good form this season, and Hengrove, who have struggled at times, I think it would be fair to say. Now, I can't help but reflect upon a tweet that came out after this match um, uh, from, I think it was the Hengrove account, um, that did look at that Welton Rovers result at Sidmouth that we talked about earlier and, um, and reflected on the fact that Welton, of course, that game had involved um, 12 goals between Sidmouth and Welton. And, um, well, I think it would be fair to say, Tom, that Warminster and Hengrove managed to go one better. Yeah, they did a nice quiet afternoon down at uh, Weymouth Street, wasn't it? Um, Warminster, I think we can say eventually, eventually running out seven, six winners. Um, sounds more like a rugby score, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, pretty wild encounter, isn't it, really? Uh, Warminster leading 7-1 just, just after the interval. So, at that point... You, you did fear the worst. As you say, Hengrove haven't had the, the, the best of starts to the season. Um, Warminster, yeah, well, pretty much I would have thought most attacks were, were finishing in goals, so maybe their luck was in a little bit. But, um, yeah, to, to build a lead like that and then nearly uh, nearly drop two points would have been absolutely awful for them. Uh, but Hengrove, great, great resolve to, to come back into it. Uh, Martin Johnson uh, and Conor Mackay scored twice uh, for Warminster during the, uh, yeah, well, the, the seven-goal romps that they were enjoying after about 50 minutes and it looked like yeah as I say looked like they were going to push on but Hengrove had other ideas uh, a couple of goals from Danny Doddy Mead made it made it 7-4 uh, reducing the arrears that was midway through the second half so at that stage you probably still thought it was unlikely that the the visiting side would um, yeah push for push for uh, push for a share of the spoils but they did just that Luco Ponsolo making it 7-5 and then a, a Billy Vaughan penalty uh, with about eight minutes left on the clock setting up a pretty incredible finish and uh, yeah from all accounts uh, Warminster keeper Sam Thompson was uh, was forced into a couple of late late stops to 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 keep the uh, keep the visitors at bay so um yeah rather dramatic afternoon uh, I don't think uh, my little couple of minutes spiel on it will will, will really do it any uh, dividends but um yeah for those that were there I'm sure they enjoyed it and uh, yeah plenty of goals plenty of uh, plenty of action in in that game and it was Warminster who eventually as I say, ran out six, seven, six winners. Those numbers are too much to even, yeah, yeah, they're thinking about. I think it would be fair to say that that was the archetypal game of two halves. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're interested in getting more detail on that game, of course, there is the excellent Warminster Town Supporters podcast mm. that you'll be able to find at <laughs> uh, all good pod- podcast providers, uh, which is promoted, you know, online through the club's website as well. If you look up Warminster Town Supporter. 
um, on the uh, on Twitter. I know particularly there, um, you'll be able to find it. But there's, you know, it's it's very accessible. They're a very accessible club, very accessible podcast. It'll be fascinating what Roland Millward has to say um, about that quite extraordinary match at Weymouth Street. But I'm sure he'll be all the happier for the fact that his team <laughs> have come away with all three points. But there you go, 13 goals. Let let it not be said that we don't give you value for money. Mm. Moving on to the fixtures on Saturday, the 2nd of October. We'll kick things off in the Premier Division. And, uh, Tom, which um, which fixture has tickled your fancy? I've gone for a couple of the, the top sides, which seems to be the way I go. I mean, I'll probably stand out a little bit more. But it's Tavistock, who we mentioned. They're now just one point behind um, Bishop Sutton uh, towards the top of the table. So in second, they host Shepton, who, as we know, have only yeah, conceded, what, now two two goals all season or something. Something ridiculous like that. So, uh, yeah, one of the better attacks in Tavistock. I think they're among the, the top sort of three or four scorers this season going against the uh, uh, outright best defence. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if Shepton can, can hold up and if Tavistock can break them down. Excellent. Now, actually, I mean, there are a whole host of fantastic fixtures in the Premier Division um, this weekend. I mean, Bitten Canesham's got a little bit of a derby feel to it. Two sides mm-hmm. that I think are in pretty good form. Um, Street Buckland, I think those two sides will put on a really good show. You've got that. Um, Devon Derby, Ilfracombe against Exmouth. Uh, and, uh, you know, Bridgewater, Brislington. That's no, um, you know, uh, foregone conclusion. But I think as much as Tom likes to look at fixtures at the at the, at the top of the table, I, I, I'm interested in fixtures at the bottom of the table. When Ashton and Backwell United against Bridport, I think it's got a really important ring to it. This is a match that both sides, I'm absolutely convinced, will be targeting for all three points. Um, so um, highly competitive, I'm sure. And one that could actually do both teams the world of good if they do get the win. Now I've said that, of course, I've jinxed it and it will be a draw. Probably mm-hmm. nil all. Anyway, who can say? Right, moving on to the first division, Tom, where are we going there? I'm going to go for Bishop Sutton hosting uh, league leaders Welton. Uh, I'm not sure how you can follow up a, a 10-2 victory, um, but we'll see how Welton get on uh, away at Bishop Sutton, uh, what they do for a, for an encore there. Sutton have only lost one league home game, I think, so far this season, so they're yeah, pretty pretty tough nuts crack at, at Lakeview. They've got a pretty good record so far there at this season, and uh, yeah, welcoming on a... I think you could uh, say Welton were in a little bit of form, so <laughs> welcoming them this weekend. We'll see how they get on there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think Bishop Sutton will have any um, fear going into that game and it will prove a real test for Wilton Rovers. But they, every, team, every time they, they get a test, they seem to pass it. So mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see how they get on um, this weekend. Uh, now, I mean, where am I going to go this weekend? Well, of course, I'm going to go for Devizes Town against Portishead, um, which is, you know, ridiculously biased of me because we've got some other absolutely cracking um, games, um, uh, actually very competitive ties. We look at, you know, Hengrove, Lebec, Warminster against Wincanton. You know, I think that Warminster had a bit of a shake there. Wincanton are fancy getting some points on the board. They haven't had the best of starts. But um, no, I mean, Devizes, can they follow up on that win? Because that would really prove that, um, um, you know, they're not, well, I hesitate to say back in business, um, but certainly uh, in the business of moving away from the foot of the table, which um, as a long-suffering supporter would give me a great deal of pleasure, as would actually watching them win, because I wasn't very well on Saturday. Uh, Listeners last week might remember I had a case of man flu 
uh, on uh, the podcast last week, and that, I'm afraid to say, continued all week. Uh, so I wasn't able to get out and watch any football, let alone the opportunity to watch Devizes win. I suppose if I do go and watch them on Saturday and they lose, we will have conclusive proof that it really is all my fault. But let's hope, let's hope that that isn't the case. Now, before we put this episode of the podcast to bed, uh, I'm very pleased to say we're going to bring back a long-standing feature. And it is a celebration of our leading goal scorers, Tom. Mm-hmm. So do you want to take away, take us away with a pick of the pops in the Premier Division? Yeah, we can have a quick look. Um, so in the Premier Division, uh, yeah, there's a, a runaway leader at the moment. We've got Dean Griffiths of uh, Bitten. Obviously, they're riding high at the top, and so is he in the uh, the scoring charts. He's got 18 league goals already this season. Quite a, quite a start for him. A couple of more chaps in, in double figures. Uh, Sam Hughes of Saltash got 11. Uh, Will Haleston of Kingston has got 10, quite a lot of away goals I've noted from, from Will. So, uh, yeah, good going there uh, in the in the Premier Division. And then the First Division, uh, Oakland Buck, currently uh, top of the top of the charts, uh, Bishop Sutton's finest. Uh, he's got 14 league goals. Luke Bryan of Oddown, uh, at least one hat-trick amongst these, uh, his 11. And uh, Tiverington as well, they're also represented by Bailey Croom, who has, uh, has got 10 league goals. Excellent. Excellent stuff, Tom. And, of course, for all of the facts and the figures and mm-hmm. the match reports, we've got your excellent bulletin to thank, just in case there is anybody out there who is not aware of where they can find this bulletin. Um, where Where is it available? That is on the official Toolstation uh, League website. Uh, it's about halfway down the home page where you can... Um yeah, click on the click on the link and that'll take you to the uh, the most recent most recent documents. Uh, which, yeah, as I say, you can download them as PDFs and, and Word or Word docs and uh, yeah, check it out. And of course, if you are as sick as Tom is of hearing me ask him every single week that he's on the podcast where we can find the bulletin, you can always go to the bulletin page, put your email address in, and have it delivered to your inbox every single time. Um, that um, uh, that Tom produces it, um, and uh, and I would thoroughly recommend that you do that because it is a fantastic read and it gives loads and loads and loads of really inf- interesting information. And we don't do the we don't do the full league justice every uh, you know every week on the podcast because we'd be here for about two hours, which um, <laughs> I think that's even more than Tom and I could cope with. Uh, you know, it, you know, it does really give you a flavour of what's going on across the entire Tool Station Western League. So I'd thoroughly recommend it. Uh, we will be back, of course, uh, next week. Uh, with you when we'll be back to normal league action. Uh, but thank you very much for listening to this week's Tool Station Western League podcast.